story, I've got a story, we've got a story. I'm Brad McEwen, and I'm here to tell that story. This is Beyond the Bank. Welcome back to AB&T's Beyond the Bank. In today's episode, I'm sitting down with Albany State University head football coach and all-around great guy, Gabe Jardina, to learn more about his passion for football, his love of molding and inspiring young lives, and the journey that led he and his family to settle in the Albany community they now consider the best place they've ever lived. Welcome, Coach. So glad you could join us today. Brad, thanks for uh, having me. Excited to be here. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, Coach, uh, this is actually the first time you and I have had an, uh, an opportunity to spend some time together. So I'm really excited about getting uh, to know you a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Hear some of your uh, thoughts on Albany State, the current state of the football program and all that good stuff. Sure. Um, now, this uh, podcast episode is a little bit different than what I've done in the past because you're the first guest I've had on that I've never interviewed before. <laughs> So, if it's okay with you, I'd, I'd like to start off just by uh, learning a little bit about your background, kind of, you know, who you are, where you come from, and uh, what led you into coaching, and, and then we'll go from there. Well, um, I can tell you that uh, I am a uh, uh, an Alabama graduate. Uh, my wife is an Alabama graduate. We both uh, met each other there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I started my coaching career there after I got done playing uh, I was a graduate assistant um, for a guy named Mike Shula uh, and then spent uh, a year with uh, Nick Saban, his first year at Alabama. Um, and then uh, as all graduate assistants, you know, it's, there's a there's a time clock on your time there. So sure. it was time to uh, to get a real job. And so uh, I went for the first time to uh, Charleston, South Carolina, to a place called Charleston Southern University. It's a Division One SCS school. Yeah, I uh, did four years there. Uh, did one year at Delta State, Mississippi, which is a really good division two, and then came back to Charleston Southern as their offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. And, um, it was during that time I worked with, uh, Jamie Chadwell, who was, uh, head coach at Coastal Carolina mm-hmm. now, just won the, uh, AP coach of the year on their little magical mullet, you know, yeah. crazy year they had there. <laughs> um, but to work for Jamie for four years, um, and uh, we won 36 games in four years. We were nationally ranked every single year. And Charleston Southern was kind of unheard of, I guess, at that time. Oh, yeah. We weren't very good. Um, it's a lot of high school football stadiums around here that are a lot nicer than our uh, the home <laughs> stadium at that time. Um, but uh, after the uh, 2016 season, uh, uh, you know, was going through spring ball and uh, in, I guess, 2017 and uh, responded to a uh, an inquiry about the opening here. Um, and I've uh, been here for the last four years, uh, going on my fifth season, but uh, or fifth year here, but my fourth season. And uh, just excited. Just been really a, a wonderful place to raise my kids. Uh, I got three boys. Okay. Um, and uh, my wife, Wimberly, is a music therapist here in the community. Really? So um, she follows a lot of the old uh, uh, bank path that you used to, I think, follow at uh, regions there. But uh, um, uh, but we've just really enjoyed becoming a part of this community. Sure. Um, and uh, uh, I've had, you know, pretty good success. We've been to two straight conference championship games here and um, done numerous things off the field uh, that are really the major wins. Um, and uh, but we just love 
working in Albany and especially at Albany State. Coach, I want to back up a little bit. You said you uh, were at Alabama, met your wife there. Are you a, a, a native of the state of Alabama? I'm not. I grew up in Pennsylvania, believe it or not, okay. uh, and West Virginia. So uh, uh, my wife is from uh, uh, Greenville, Alabama. Uh, so she is. Uh, and so, uh, but we met uh, as freshmen there uh, at orientation, uh, believe it or not. Uh, and uh, I just thought uh, I didn't know her. I walked up to her uh, at the end. She was scheduling the classes. She was one of the leaders there uh, during orientation. And I just walked up because I thought she was cute. Uh, and uh, um, I sat down and I it was back in the day, Brad, where you were, what would Jesus do, Brace? Uh-huh. You know, if you were I remember trying to days. be about your faith, you know. And uh, she said, oh, hey, I love your bracelet. And I just started ticking things off my list. Oh, cute Christian. There you go. Uh, and the rest is history from there. So uh, um, pretty uh, uh, neat story. But uh, uh, yeah, just the uh, best decision of my life to uh, go to Tuscaloosa. Now, dare I ask uh, why uh, somebody from uh, the Pennsylvania area, how they end up at uh, the University of Alabama? Was it football related? Oh, absolutely. Uh, that and weather. Uh, you know, I, I shoveled <laughs> enough snow uh, in my life to uh, last a lifetime. I haven't lived uh, above South Carolina uh, since 2000. And uh, I feel like it's been a pretty positive impact. I have very thin skin now. I burn easily. Um, but yeah, I was. Uh, 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 growing up, I, I wanted to, my dad worked at Penn State in uh, promotions and marketing uh, in their athletics department. He was selling radio and TV rights. Uh, I never saw my dad work. All I ever saw him do was call people and email, you know. Uh, and uh, um, so I wanted to go somewhere like Penn State, but not Penn State. And uh, it just so happened that uh, happened to be um, what I thought was good enough uh, to, to try to walk on in Alabama and uh, met some great people and the door kind of opened and it's just kind of a, its own God story and its own. Um, but, uh, it ended up working out and, you know, started our coaching adventure after that. Just something I've always wondered about because you just, you never know what people outside of the community see, um, prior to, you know, the responding to the inquiry about the vacancy that we had at ASU back in 17, were you familiar with Albany state at all? I had driven through Albany one time uh, when I was uh, fresh out of college. I thought about getting into high school coaching and uh, we were on our way to uh, Tallahassee. Um, my fiance, who's my wife now, uh, and we stopped and ate. We had a picnic by Ray Charles's statue. Really? Yeah. And I can remember the, uh, you know, being the sports junkie that I am. I remember the, uh, the Civic Center there and. Uh, you know, just the uniqueness of the uh, the Flint River and that whole uh, downtown waterfront park area. Um, but that was our only experience um, was just a random, you know, the GPS just happened to take us that way. Just took you through Albany. Right. That's wild. That's what so you didn't know about uh, Albany State, didn't have any uh, understanding of their football tradition or anything, really? Well, I, I think when I uh, initially know, but, you know, you quickly, um, you, you, you want to go after your first head coaching job. That's a, that's been a winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I like to say, you want a head job, not a dead job. I'm with you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it became quickly apparent through a couple of internet searches and research that, wow, a lot of winning had been done here by, by coach Smith and Mike White. And, um, and so, uh, I said, well, I don't have to reinvent football there. You know, I can just go be a part of and, and try to write a, a new chapter. Uh, on what has already been a very storied history and tradition. Um, and uh, that was very attractive to me. 
um, growing up and being around Penn State where history and tradition is very important. Oh, and then yeah. being in Alabama, it's history and tradition, very important. So um feel very uh, blessed and honored, um, you know, to be, uh, you know, the head coach here and, and to be a part of a place that is so rich in history. Now, let's talk a little bit about just, uh, you know, coming to Albany, landing in Albany State and uh, talk to me about uh, some of your impressions uh, once you got here of the community, uh, maybe how it was different than what you expected, uh, some of the exciting things that you that you saw. Well, I, we uh, I, I joke with people that, uh, you know, Charleston, South Carolina is one of the nicest vacation destinations in the country. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it's very um, a lot of tourism and, and, and big businesses moving there. And my wife and I really didn't like living there because <laughs> it was just so busy and so much traffic. We were looking for a college town. We were looking for, a, you know, a town with great churches and uh, and just people that are, uh, about a community. Um, it helps my wife tremendously that her hometown is three hours from here, uh, that her mom can come over at, you know, at the drop of a hat. Um, but we really, uh, uh, saw, saw that as something very attractive and something since we've lived here, um, that we've really enjoyed. Uh, and, uh, my wife is a lot more social probably than I am. I'm probably more laid back, reserved. Who is this person? What do we do? You know, um, she's the social butterfly. Um, she's, you know, trying to be involved with the PTA and, and all yeah. those things. And, um, and so it's, uh, it's been great, you know, as far as just getting in a community that is about a community and, uh, uh, seeing a community and our kids just thrive, um, in a neighborhood, uh, over there in Lake Park, that is, it is a, it's, it's like a little slice of America right there. It's, it's just what you want. It's, it's older homes. It's, you know, well manicured places and parks and people that, you know, you know, you walk out your front door and let's go take a walk. Yep. Yep. Well, we live over in Mary Acre, so not, not far. Yeah. And, uh, our, my, you know, weekly jogs take me over to the Lake Loretta and, you know, my wife teaches at Lake Park Elementary School so she can ride her bike to school. So it's, it's, a, it's really nice. Now, I do want to ask before we get too far down the road, you mentioned uh, you said three children. Yes, three boys. And their ages? Uh, Ten, eight and six. All right. Um, so you got so, your hands full. Yeah, I tell everybody we're a, we're a, a tornado. You know, you, you can see us coming a long way off. Then we show up at your house and wreak destruction and. Then we leave and it's like, what just happened here? <laughs> so um, we're, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're heavy into uh, uh, Bible study and Bible school and uh, trying to get these boys to, to live biblically. But, uh, you know, it's, it's always a challenge with the young ones. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of aggressiveness and uh, uh, wildness. And it's, uh, it's every day is a new day. Now, uh, where are they going to school? They go to Lake Park. Okay. Okay. So they better have had your wife. You know, uh, she's a fourth grade teacher. Okay. Uh, Mrs. McEwen. So if they nice. hadn't yet, they will be. So I got a fourth grader this year. Well, so. there you go. Yes. My, uh, in fact, this is going to be interesting for us. My, my son is leaving Lake Park. He was a fifth grader last year. And this will be sure. the first year, uh, in a long time that we haven't actually had, uh, one of our children. Sure. You know, but my wife and I had surprised, uh, three years ago. So in a few more years, oh, we'll have yet another there you one. Go. Uh, gracing the halls. <laughs> Best of, of surprise Lake in Park. the world. Yes, yes. But uh, you landed in a good place. That's a great school. Um, good, good community blessed. atmosphere. No doubt. Well, uh, you know, I'm a football fan, uh, so I do want to talk to you a little bit uh, X's and O's stuff. So if you don't mind, Coach, uh, talk to me a little bit about your approach to the game and uh, sort of your philosophies that you bring to the table when you're building the team uh, and when you kind of thinking of your game plan. 
Well, I, I think the biggest thing in, in football right now is that everybody has good schemes. You know, we, we, you can talk to any coach in America and what they're going to put up on the board or talk to you about it is probably fundamentally sound and, and can work. Right. Um, but for me, it's about building the culture of our team and what are we building into these guys? Um, what are our interpersonal relationships like? I, I don't want to be transactional in any way. You know, Hey, you're a good tailback. So I'm going to love you. I, I'm going to love you before you even step onto the field. Right. Uh, I want to compel that young man to play hard, uh, not only for me, but for his teammates. Um, so we're kind of adopted this thing. It's, it's out of second Timothy, uh, chapter four, and it's a very common, uh, passage of scripture, but, uh, it talks about, Hey, I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith and I have finished the race. You know, Paul's talking about the end of his life, right? And because of that, I receive a crown of righteousness. And, you know, so uh, anybody that wins the SIC or the Super Bowl, right? At the end of the year, they're going to get a ring and it's going to be really nice and beautiful. And, you know, and then in 2022, guess what? They're going to give out more rings and then more rings, right? And so... Uh, what I'm ch- a challenge to our team is, is to not focus on the ring, but focus on the crown. Uh, my team, this 2021 team is going to be a team for six months, uh, you know, August through se- December, right? Uh, we can do some special things. We're, I think we're really talented. We got a lot, you know, we got nine guys coming back on defense. It was number two in the country, right? I mean, we know how to stop people. We run to the ball. Our guys play with their hair or their dreads on fire. You know what I mean? Saying they, 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 they enjoy it. Right. And offensively, I think we're much improved. We're going to press the ball down the field more um, than we ever have because we've got the ability to, you know, really, uh, you know, we've got some quarterbacks with some arm talent and just great decision makers. Right. But, the thing that's going to separate us, Brad, is the way that we approach the game and, and, but really approach life. I want this team to not just be a team for six months. I want this team to be a team forever. Uh, so one day when they're 40 years old and they're, you know, running the bank or uh, they're coaching somebody that they can experience tragedy or blessing, no matter what that is. Maybe it's losing a job, losing a loved one, or hey, maybe it's getting a job or having a child. And they share those experiences with their team and they fight the good fight and keep the faith and finish the race of their life together, uh, even with our staff. And so uh, that's just my own personal mission. And that's really what I've been doing ever since I was, you know, 23 years old in 2005 when I started coaching. Um, And it's not, you know, coaches always say, well, you know, I love when coaches, when players call me and tell me all these things. I, you know, I call my former players all the time. You know, I want to, I want to talk to, I want to, Hey, where are you working? What are you doing? Who'd you marry? Uh, Hey, I saw this on social media. Why didn't you call me? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I just continue to coach them uh, because I love them. And I enjoy, I, I think about just the sweet moments we've had, you know, beyond graduation um, and just doing life together. Uh, and, you know, we spend so much time together. I probably see, some of these players and really some of the coaches in the fall more than my own wife. Sure. And uh, you know, those are special relationships and they've not all been perfect. They've not all ended well. Uh, but I think they've all ended in a respectful manner and, and people have, and young men have always felt like, Hey, like Gabe over here has always told me the truth and he showed me the truth. And for me, it's about being consistent, right? I can't, I can't, 
say I want to be about Jesus and not live like I'm about him. Right. Um, but then I also can't say that, Hey, I'm going to be a great football coach and not work at it. You know, yeah. I got to have both. I want to be technically at the top of my game. Um, and so I, I, you know, that's how we kind of approach this coaching thing is we want to capture the hearts of the players while investing in their mind investing in their lives. And, uh, um, I have to know what I'm doing. I got to be able to be a good play caller. You know, I spend more time on offense. Um, people keep talking about Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian as these like great play callers. Right. I want them to say that about me. You know, <laughs> Hey, game calls a great game. That guy ain't afraid to take a risk. And man, he's not afraid to, you know, put his guys in the right spots. And um, so I think uh, from a mentality standpoint, that's how we kind of attack it. Um, and I think from a, a community or, you know, when people come watch us play, I always say, I want you to see a team that plays hard for each other. And I want you to see a team that's really physical, that enjoys the contact of the game, is not afraid to knock people down. I mean, we do have pads on there and it is football, right? Uh, and so it's, it's really exciting um, to be a part of that and kind of create that uh, mentality of, hey, let's go attack life. Let's go fight the I like that. Well, and, and you, you use the term uh, a couple of times there, young men. And I think it's easy sometimes in our world, uh, you know, where college athletics is a, a multi-billion dollar business. And uh, we tend to look at these guys and forget their 18, 19 year old kids Correct. who are still learning not just game of football, but game of life. Sure. Now, um, it, was that something that was important to you? sort of all your life, you mentioned, um, you know, you talked about your mission in life. Um, and I'm, I have to make the assumption that maybe that goes back pre coaching days, um, back to your life growing up. Sure. I mean, I, I think God got a hold of my heart at an early age. Uh, I tell people a lot of times, you know, when I, I watched Joe Montana in 1988, uh, you know, complete the pass to John Taylor on the little skinny post in the end zone against the Bengals, right. Oh, yeah. In the Super Bowl, And I thought to myself, I want to be Bill Walsh. I want to call the right play at the right time that is the most important play. Right. And so I think that's probably where the coaching, you know, hunger got birth. And I was eight, <laughs> uh, but then, you know, through just relationships and, and, and youth pastors and coaches in my life and young life leaders and being discipled in college, you know, I, I can't point to like one seminal moment. Right. I just think the Lord just kind of started putting these men in my life that started pounding this thing into me. And, and when I became a GA, you know, I just kind of became up with these coaching tenants, you know, and I, I said, I never want someone to respect me because I'm their coach. You know, I, I hold the title of head coach. You know, it's not about the position. It's about the person that I am in that position. And so, uh, uh, you know, we've, I've tried to approach leadership in that way. Uh, you know, we've, we've got a definition of leadership within our program. It's to be a, positive, inspirational, investing influencer. Uh, and, you know, so it's, I would say guys like, how do I remember that? I'm like, it's a P and three eyes. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but it, but it is true. You know, there's been some great leaders in our world that have been negative. Sure. You know, I mean, you can use your, you know, that to, to, to really take people down an, a, a wrong path. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so, but to inspire and invest in people is really important, but that's that you got to protect your influence. You know, that's like the currency of your leadership. You know, if I'm a bad person or I'm, it's that whole adage of do what I say, not what I do. I'm like, that's like, you've just thrown it all away. If that's what you're saying, you know, you're not worth following. Um, and so, uh, um, so that's how we've kind of approached it. But that definition, I mean, I can remember being, you know, 16 years old and, you know, sitting with the youth pastor and, 
and then 20 years old and sitting with, you know, Josh Case, who was discipling me in college and, um, and, you know, watching different head coaches that I played for at Alabama, um, you know, kind of, you know, talk to young men and, you know, how does this thing work? How do I coach guys up? You know, people just coach and they just, you know, a lot of coaching is like beating people down. It's all um, defect elimination. Right. Um, and I'm like, I don't you know, that's, I want to raise their level. Right. I want to be inspired. Um, goes back to that transformational thing. You know, sure. let's, let's not make it about, you know, how many uh, loans we approve, you know, let's make it that, Hey, we're, we're, we're good at this thing. And, yeah. The way you do it yeah, and why you do it. Right. And let's do it differently. Right. Yep. So now, um, you know, that's an interesting thing to think about. And, uh, and Gabe, I'd love to get your thoughts on, you know, we've talked about and, and you know, it's the smaller scale at ASU, but it's no different. I mean, there's a certain money making aspect that the, the, you know, sports programs have to do to sustain itself. Winning becomes so important. Uh, you know, you've had exposure in your life to two of the winningest football programs in history. Sure. Um, and I've got to think. In football, there's always got to be, you talk about your decisions, you talk about consistency, you talk about living it. Um, I have to think, correct me if I'm wrong, have you been faced with lots of moments where if winning was the most important thing, I might make this decision, but I've got to do the other part first? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have to think there's moments throughout a season. Yeah, it's a great, you know, I I won't mention names here, but I, I can... Um, I can think of multiple times where um, I've had to tell the team, now, I love every player on the team, right? The only thing I love more than the individuals on the team is the actual overall team. And I have to do what I have to do to protect that team. Uh, and sometimes that means uh, disciplining a player or holding them out of a critical game. Uh, we held out my very first year here. We held our one of our best players out of the Fort Valley State game, which um, for all those Albany State fans, we all know how critical yeah. the Fountain City Classic is. I mean, I I can barely even say the words, you know, Fort Valley. I mean, I just call them Peach County Tech all the time. <laughs> okay, um, so uh, but my point is, is that was a moment right there where I had to say, look, it, it, this is more than just winning. This is about the message I'm sending to the guys and it was a senior and it was his last game. And I say, you're not playing. And, you know, I have, you know, 12 seniors come in my office the next day going, Oh, please let him play. Please let him play. And I said, look guys, this is not about him. This is about the 90 other guys and the 35 freshmen we have. We say, if he could, if he's allowed to do that and play, then we're going to have major problems here that, you know, go way beyond this week. Uh, and that's just one moment. I mean, I've had a moment, you know, as an assistant coach um, where we were in the playoffs and I had a guy do something that you can't do. And we set him and we played the third team guy. And, you know, I, you know, we won the game. I guess God honored that. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it didn't always work but it was way, the right it? thing for that kid. And it was the right thing for the entire team to say, hey, look, you can't do exercise this behavior. And expect to be able to go out there on Saturday. Now, in a case like that, you know, where you've got teammates coming and appealing to you and they're having a hard time understanding the decision. Do you have you found over time that 
if, if you're doing what you're supposed to do as a coach and you're looking at the whole thing holistically, do they ultimately learn the lesson? Do those guys get it? You and know, do you see I, that? I can't say it's a hundred percent, you know what I'm saying? But I, 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 you know, it's my job. I say just to, I got to show them, I got to take them, they're, they're young men. I got to sh- take them to water and I got to show them how to, to drink, or I got to teach a man how to fish. Um, I can't just give him fish, right? He'll never feed himself. Um, but I, I don't know that they all get it, but I have to be okay if they don't all get it because I got to put my own head on my own pillow at night going, Hey, look, I did the right thing. Uh, and what I feel like God was telling me to do, or, you know, I don't make these decisions in a vacuum either. A lot of times I rely on the staff and I think that's why it's so important to have a great staff is you got people that aren't afraid to, to kind of make the tough decisions. Right. Um, so uh, I think as long as we all feel good about it, you know, win, lose or draw or in that moment, or maybe it's two years down the road, hey, the kid can get it, then hey, great. But even if he never gets it, still did the right thing. So it, it, we can't always be results oriented. No, no. And, and, and I'm in a results oriented business. I mean, yeah. I know that I got to win to keep my job. I mean, that's I'm OK for that. I signed up for it. You know, hey, if we stink, then I won't be here and, you know, whatever. Um, but I do know, um, that, you know, it's, it's not worth, um, you know, trading my soul to gain the whole world. Right. I, I want to do things the right way. That's a, you know, that's a tough thing uh, for a lot of folks to uh, wrap their head around. It's, it's nice to hear somebody in a position of leadership, say things like that, to be perfectly frank with you, uh, Gabe. Well, I'm not saying I don't struggle with it sometimes. Okay. <laughs> so you're, you are, I have wrestled. <laughs> okay. But, uh, we you know. appreciate that candor and honesty. Yes. yes. <laughs> so. Now, um, you've touched on this a little bit, but I do want to dig in a little bit. You know, you see things about the community when you first get here, you know, initial impressions, then things change over time. Talk to me a little bit about, uh, what you think it is about the Albany community um, that has appealed to your family so much. If, you know, go ahead and be specific. Well, I, part of it is like resilience. You know, uh, I mean, when I got here, we were in the middle. Uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but we were in the middle of merging the, the two universities, the, you know, Darden Junior College and Albany State. And and there were hurt feelings on both sides, you know, and, and, sure. um, and so we were trying to piece our way through that. And I think the university, Marion Frederick, um, uh, had to show great resilience in just showing up to work every day, loving people. Um, oh, by the way, we went through Hurricane Michael um, and just the resiliency of our community there. I mean, seeing neighbor, I mean, I had a neighbor come. I mean, we had two trees down in our yard, too. And I mean, cut down a big, huge pine tree and quarter it up and. I don't know how to do all that stuff, but good grief. <laughs> and then another neighbor come pick up every piece of wood. I mean, I'm in Savannah, Georgia, coaching the team. Uh, and these people were just doing things literally behind my back. Um, they were just great acts of service um, to me and to my family. And it's really what, um, you know, we've wanted to be about. Uh, and just as I've gone to, you know, different business communities or uh, spoke at different things, um, it's really permeates. Um, you know, North and South Albany, East and West. I mean, there's good people all over this town doing amazing things. There's great high school coaches, um, in all kinds of different sports. Um, but just great churches and community leader, leaders. I mean, I've had, so I don't, you know, what I, I made a decision two years ago that I, I was like budget wise to feed the team in fall camp it takes me about $10,000. 
to feed a hundred guys, 24 meals. Right? And they're big, they're football players. Yeah. They eat like two and a half, you know? <laughs> and I said, look, Lord, I like, we don't really have the money for this. Uh, so I started calling churches, uh, and civic organizations, uh, and fraternities and 24 churches fed, not just football two years ago, but volleyball and cross country. It was amazing. People that had never been on our campus, on our campus, feeding us, talking, hanging out. It's just goodwill. And, you know, they just wanted to be asked, you know, and they were more than willing to, it was like, oh yeah, let's do that. I mean, it was never a negative moment. It was never, Hey, what can I get out of it? Nobody asked me for tickets. You know, I would have <laughs> gladly given them to them, you know, but nobody asked, you know? And so it was just amazing to see that type of generosity and that type of uh, perseverance to say, Hey, look, like we're going to be a part of this Albany state community. I, I really feel like at Albany state, we, we rest on the, the shoulders of the community. Um, and so it's, it's been a, a phenomenal experience for me in that regard. I'm so glad to hear that. And it sounds like your wife and kids have had this, uh, this similar sort uh, of, it was, uh, I don't, Wimberly, this has been her favorite place to live. Uh, really? And, uh, you know, my, my kids are just, um, uh, I, I think one of the reasons that we moved here, you know, we had okay friends for them in Charleston. We have incredible friends here, uh, for them. Uh, and they live across the street, you know, or they're down a block and um, it's just been, uh, yeah, really powerful. I'm so glad to hear that. You know, I've, uh, I didn't grow up and all we moved here when we were 10. So, you know, 30 years of living here most of my life. And uh, it was just so neat to see nothing gets me more excited about my community than hearing people who aren't from here talk about the reception they got. I wish people who were born and raised here could see it the way you do. Sure. You know, um, now I want to shift a little bit of gears here too. We've talked about community. We've talked about, you know, those lessons that, that you're teaching that go beyond X's and O's of football, you know, but obviously you got football in your blood. Uh, <laughs> sure. So talk to me about, uh, what is it about football in and of itself that gets your juices flowing? And I would assume got the, the juices of a little Gabe going. Sure. You know, I just, um, there's something, um, beautiful and sacrificial, um, about 11 guys, uh, doing their job, um, to where, you know, you got, you got five offensive linemen that nobody knows their name. Uh, and you got a quarterback that has way too much pressure on him, but is reliant on those five guys to protect him. Right. Uh, and then conversely on defense, I mean, defense is, is the ultimate, I think, act of just humility and effort and running to the ball. I mean, we, we, we tell our guys, you may not make the play, right? But run to the ball. Like when you watch our team, when the referee blows his whistle, I want to see 11 blue shirts in motion yeah. and, and running. You may be in the wrong gap, but you somehow with your effort, you overcome your mistake. Um, and uh, obviously there's so many life lessons within the game. Uh, but part of it too, is the puzzle. Like there's another man out there that's got 11 guys and he's trying to whip our tail. Right. And we're trying to solve the puzzle, create the, you know, perfect game plan um, to execute the right way. And, and, and I tell guys, you know, our team all the time is we don't, we don't win on Saturdays. We win Monday through Friday and Saturday just takes care of itself. Um, 
but creating that mindset and that edge, um, cause I think you have to have it. Um, if you come to our practices on Tuesday, I mean, I, I want it to be a war out there. You know, I mean, it's, we call it bloody Tuesday. You know, it's, it's we wear these different shirts and it's, it is, it should be nasty. Uh, and, uh, you know, people are probably like, oh, what are these guys doing? You know what I'm saying? But, nice football, but, it, but it is, it's what it's about. And I think it's such a small window of your life too. Like you don't, like we're, we're, we're 40 plus years old, right? We don't get this opportunity anymore. So to be able to, to, to put the armor on, right. And to go out there and to try to impose your will, uh, as a team, uh, and those moments in the locker room that are, that are so special, right. Uh, and the, just the, uh, the euphoria of competing, uh, I tell guys, I, I say, I don't want guys who just want to run out of the tunnel. Okay. Like, okay. That, that was cool. The first two times, right? Like that, that got me excited. Right. But I really want guys who on third and two with the game on the line, that's when their arousal level is at their highest. You know what I'm saying? And that's when they're the most turned on, you know, from a, a life standpoint, because that's the moment, man. I mean, that's third. It's going to be third and two in your marriage one day. Yeah. Right. Like we're going to have problems and we're trying to solve them. And it's going to be third and two in your marriage. And it, that ain't the time to panic. Panicking has never helped anyone. Okay. All right. That's the time to be locked in, focused on whatever it is. Is it the Lord? Is it prayer? Is it your wife's needs? Is it whatever? But remember, hey, remember third and two against Miles? In the championship game. And you did it. You made the play. You did the right thing at the right time. Now's the time in your life, you know? So I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what it is. Third and two. <laughs> now I do have to ask about this just cause I mean, my goodness, man, you know, you worked under a Shula and a Saban. <laughs> sure. Um, talk to me a little bit about just the level of, football education that you were fortunate to receive during your time at Alabama? Uh, wow. Uh, I mean, it sets you up for life. You know, uh, it was like, uh, you know, all those, I, I was a psychology major, right? Those, those were great classes, but it was really those staff meetings that were the real whew, education or uh, uh, Mike Shula, a great guy. Obviously uh, I've got to be around Don a couple of times while he was alive. Uh, one of my great friends in the world is Mike's nephew. Dan. And so I've never lost connection to their family here. Um, but it is a little like awe inspiring. Like, Oh gosh, this is the winningest coach. And we're lifelong Miami dolphin fans. Yeah. In my well, there house. you go. Okay. So, there you, you know, go. The, the Shula name yeah. is like, they, they, well, you know, they would say they would throw around the name Dan Marino. Like it was like, you know, your uncle Bob, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and if people don't know this, but, but Don, John, Don Shula coached Johnny Unitas. Yeah. And Dan Marino. Yeah. Like that's how long his career was, you know? So I remember that guy, the quarterback's coach, giving out the uh, the pamphlet the first day. Like, you realize, like, Johnny Unitas and Dan Marino got this same, you know, quarterback pamphlet. I'm like, can I have that? You know, let me let me, let me, let me save that for my own personal file. Um, but then Coach Saban is like, uh, he's the ultimate. Like, you know, you talk about someone who sees the big picture all the time, um, is really relational with the players, um, constantly trying to, help them and better themselves. Um, tough. Sometimes he's like a savant, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's tough to have a personal conversation, but when we're talking football, it's, you know, it's coming out of his mouth. I mean, he really never misses a beat and uh, has, you know, he's almost 70 years old. Right. So I worked with him for, this is almost 10, 12, maybe 15 years ago, just full of energy. Um, and 
focus and uh, probably has the best ability to focus for a long period of time um, better than anybody I've ever been around. You know, I, I have to take a break sometimes. I got to go get, take a walk, get some fresh air, do something, right? He, he is so meticulous. Um, and he's a great developer of coaches. I think people don't, you know, he doesn't call the defense, you know, Kirby smart called the defense the whole time I was there. Uh, he's and Kirby was, I mean, he's like a savant too. I mean, he's so smart. Um, but, um, you know, offensively and defensively, he doesn't call it, but he's so in tuned more in tuned with it than any head coach I've ever been around. So you've you've, uh, you've you've had a pretty good group of people to sort of pick and choose things that you wanted to emulate. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, Dabo was the receivers coach my freshman year at Alabama. Kidding it, me? Yeah. Man. So you know, you get to see him and his development, and he he is exactly as he appears. He is every man's man. He's come here, sit on my knee, and <laughs> let's drink a coke and talk about life. You know. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Now, uh, you, you mentioned that uh, you you picked Alabama. You thought, you know, you could walk on there. Mm-hmm. Did you walk on? Yeah. So I was there. I had four coaches in four years. Uh, it was yeah. a very tumultuous time. We were on probation. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's kind of the uh, the opposite of what it is now. Um, but um, uh, it's probably kind of a neat perspective, though, to see yeah. that kind of tumultuous situation uh, give way to some of the best stability in college football. No doubt. Uh, and it just shows you that like it's a unique job. You know, every, every job you take, I think people don't understand that just cause I was successful at, um, I don't know, A, B and T doesn't mean I'm going to be successful somewhere else. Right. I mean, I have to be willing to change a little bit, um, and, and take the temperature of that room in that place. Right. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so I had Mike Dubose my freshman year. Uh, we had, um, Dennis Franchoni for, for two years, we had Mike Price for a spring and then he had a couple character issues there. And then, and then Mike Shula came in. And so uh, it was tough. It was tough on the players. You know, we, you know, it was all my teammates. It was really hard, but I can tell you, you know, in this day and age of transfer portal and all that, I didn't have one guy that I came in with transfer. We all the guys who were academically where they're supposed to be, we all finished. We all finished our career at Alabama. Um, none of us, you know, there was a time we lost 21 scholarships while I was there. We could, they let everybody, they said, you can transfer, no harm, no foul. No one left. Um, because I think we were close. Um, but also, you know, we, we, we believed in the place. Um, so that's pretty awesome. What position did you play? I was a walk on kicker and holder and I got in some games my senior year holding. Um, so, uh, um, so yeah, it was, uh, uh, covered a lot of scout team. You know, with that? Uh, good grief. Uh, played with some really good players. I bet you did. Um, and uh, and some just some good people too. And I imagine so, some lifelong relationships. Yeah, you know, was a couple guys. You know, were in my wedding and and still stay up with those guys till to this day. And um, it's uh, you know one of them lives here in Albany now. Uh, Chris James uh, from Albany played high school football at Doherty High, and uh, so it's crazy. I take this job, and all of a sudden, my first day on the job, he walks in my office, and I'm like. What do you, I live here. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, yeah, no kidding. So, uh, you know, just, you never lose those relationships. I'm glad to hear that. Well, coach, we've covered a lot today and I I don't want to take up too much more of your time, uh, but I do want to give you an opportunity just to kind of whet everybody's appetite for the upcoming football season. Tell us, uh, kind of what you're looking forward to, what, uh, what fans of the team might, might can expect. 
Well, I, I'm super excited about this team. Um, obviously, uh, I feel like defensively we're, we're, we should be lights out again. I mean, we call, you know, the, for those that don't know, we call the defense around here at Albany State the dirty blue defense. Uh, this ought to be one of the filthiest crews I think we've ever had. Um, excited about, you know, the, the skill we have on offense with uh, um, you know, the quarterback situation and then uh, some new receivers and things. We got all five offensive linemen coming back from last year. Oh, solid. Or 19, I should say. Um, and then we got, you know, a, a division two HBCU all American that kicks and punts for us named Gabe Balanos. And, and he's a real, he's, he's an asset. Um, first home game is September 11th. Um, here it's, you know, all the games in September, we play at seven. So, you know, we get a little, uh, break from the heat. Nice. So that's September 11th and September 25th. Um, we, we need, we need, I mean, we, we always average, you know, we're top five in the nation every year in attendance at our home games, but we, we need to be number one. Uh, and so, uh, really excited about, um, giving people a product that I think they'd be proud of to see. Um, obviously October 9th is homecoming, uh, which we know that'll be a big crowd. Um, but then we play Savannah state two weeks later, they're a good football team. And then we travel to Valdosta early in September. Um, so it's, it's, uh, I think it's our best team. I really do. I'm not just saying that as coach speak. Uh, I say that very confidently and look at people in their eyes and saying, this is a really good football team full of good people. Uh, they need you to come out and watch them play because it's going to be exciting. Um, and maybe you've never been to a game um, or maybe you've, you know, I don't know, something's held you back. Look, we have the one of the best atmospheres and environments at our game. I mean, I've sat in almost every section of our of our stadium. There's not a bad seat in there. We got an unbelievable band. We got a great set of cheerleaders. And uh, I know that um, Coach Duckworth, our, our new athletics director, um, has really worked hard on uh, the, you know, the game day environment, which is great. It's family friendly. We got a huge jumbotron. I mean, you know, you can see every hair on your head in there. Uh, and that thing, I mean, it is crystal clear. I mean, it's not Jerry world, um, but it, it's pretty darn close. Um and for kids, I tell people this all the time. I say, look, where in the world or where in college football can you come to a game, see a team walk out of the locker room, and you can high-five every single player? Like, our players are touchable. They're tangible. I mean, I know there's going to be three little boys there uh, called the Gardenias uh, giving them high-fives. Hey, get every kid that's in that stadium there by that locker room and just high-five a, a Golden Ram. I'm just telling you. That's neat. It's special. That's not happening at Georgia. It's not happening at Georgia Tech. It's not happening at Mercer. Okay. We got something that we can offer folks that is truly unique. Um, and oh, by the way, we're pretty good. <laughs> well, that's exciting to hear, coach. Fantastic. Well, um, other than that, is there anything else at all that, that we didn't touch on today um, that you want to let the community know or anything you, you would want to say to the audience? Oh, I, I think just uh, just reiterating the fact that we're, we're Albany's team. I know, you know, this is, um, you know, we're, we're under the banner of Albany State, but really, uh, I mean, you walk around, you, you drive down Oglethorpe, you drive down around downtown, you drive down Slappy. What is on the, what's on the street light poles? says Albany State everywhere. All right. We're Albany's team. We we want you to to feel uh like we need you. And we do. Um and it's an exciting thing. Um it's good for your business. Okay. We got a lot of advertising slots available. Okay. All right. I I, I see them up there all the time. I like, man, I'm gonna go stay at the park inn over there. You know what I'm saying? Or hey, I'm gonna go eat at the, this restaurant or whatever. Hey, there, there's plenty of ways to get involved. Um and it's super exciting time. Um 
And uh, yeah. Go Rams. Go Rams. I love it. Well, Coach, I just can't thank you enough for taking the time to come in and uh, and sit and chat with me. And, and and hopefully this won't be the last time we get to sit down and talk a little ASU football. That'll be great, Brad. Well, that concludes another episode of ABT's Beyond the Bank. I want to thank Coach Jardina for taking the time to visit with me today. And I'd also like to encourage you to show your support for the Golden Rams, who will kick off the 2021 season on the road September 2nd against Mississippi College. Then the Rams will square off against Shorter University Hawks September 11th in the team's first home game. Can't wait. Go Rams!